Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. 440 Sports is, of course, 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram as well. Please follow all of the other shows that we have on this great platform. I'll tell you about them in just a second. Our guest today on the show, a friend of the pod, I can now say, Joe Juan mm-hmm. Williams of the New England Patriots, formerly of the Vanderbilt Commodores, a second-round pick in the 2019 draft, is going to give us a ton of insight of what these draft players just went through this past weekend. He, of course, has tons of his own stories we're going to get to uh, as well. So we'll get with him uh, coming up in just a few minutes. However, make sure you listen to all the other great shows on the network. Lamestream Sports, of course, uh, with myself. Great show. And Steve, Cav- oh, thank you. With with Steve Cavendish, Robbie Boren, the head of Titans PR, was on the episode last week. We got another big one planned for you this week. Darren Bates going to be on this week, uh, former Auburn Tiger, and of course uh, a Tennessee Titan special teamer who has his own podcast now is going to be on that show. Club. Also, Country. he went to my high school. Wow, that's cool. Okay, cool. Yep, got his own podcast. So check that out on Lamestream Sports this week. Um, Club and Country with Tim Sullivan and Wes Bowling covering all things Nashville SC out every Tuesday. That is a fantastic listen. If great you're show. A soccer, if you're a soccer fan. Uh, and uh, I'm assuming you're saying great show to all of these until I say, go listen to the gold standard with Adam Bingen of The Athletic talking about the Nashville Predators. Absolutely mediocre at best. Mm. Trash. Wow. Just kidding. I'm just going along with the beef. It's okay. I'm starting to stir. I want. I want more beef between you guys. You are the pot stir. I'm yep. drinking coffee right now. Oh, it feels oh. later than 3 p.m. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk a little NFL here on the front end, and then let and then let Jawan Williams do uh, just do so much great storytelling. Aaron, uh, you know, a guy that you've known for a long time, and I think is going to have. I think f- people are going to really love listening to the way he describes the process, all the things that all these SEC players and college players have just gone through over the last weekend into the NFL draft. Yeah, he is. He is a great storyteller. I met Jawan during my time at Vanderbilt. I actually did a pretty extensive documentary style piece on him um, leading up to the draft, which we'll link it maybe from our social or, or whatever. But we'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's definitely worth watching. It's it takes you all the way from it's not just the draft. It's all the way through the exos training at different facilities, all the way through the combine, all the way through pr- like a pro day and everything leading up to it. And he. He definitely came from what to some would seem like an impossible situation and seemed to find his way all the way to the league. So super proud of him. And he was really fun um, to interview. Yeah, a a ton of fun to talk with. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. Tons of insight. uh, Just awesome, awesome young man and uh, still has a long way to go in his NFL career. So should be fun. I hope you guys enjoy that coming up in just a few minutes. Of course, the Fringe Element is brought to you by Jasper's. And we have a gift basket for your mom to give away. And we'll do that probably during the middle of the show at some point. We have a we winner. do have a winner. We got a, a few. deserving one. Yeah, absolutely. So we will announce the winner of the gift basket, gift basket, even mm. if you say, uh, uh, during the ad a little bit later on in the show. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, and of course, uh, all the new menu items at Jasper's free parking, great place to watch the game, you know, happy hour every day, four to six. And then of course you got a daily special, in the weekly rundown, make sure you check that out. And of course, happy hour during Preds games with one more weekend left to go in the regular season. So lots of good stuff at Jasper's. And of course, the parking lot is large and free. There you have it. Large and free, just the way we like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. NFL okay. draft. <laughs> NFL draft. Before we get to Joe Williams, NFL draft, 65 SEC players, a new record for any conference taken in any single draft. This is not earth shattering information or life altering, you know, scientific discovery here. The SEC has now been the most drafted conference in the NFL draft 15 consecutive seasons, but they did set a new record at 65. Alabama led the entire country and the SEC with 10 players drafted. No, that's not even close to the record, which is 14. They tied with Ohio State this year. I, I don't really know what else there is to say other than all of the best players play in the SEC. I mean, 65 out of 259, you're right. It's not shattering, but it's, I mean, probably like alarmingly consistent for um, either people concerned about, you know, disbursement of talent across the entire sport, or if you're not an SEC fan. The thing that stood out most to me was not the SEC you know, and the amount of players they had, because I think for most of us, that's not shocking. I thought it was really interesting that the ACC made the biggest jump. They went from 27 to in the last draft to 42. Yeah. And my I, my eye that caught my eye seemingly because of the TV connection I have. I have a feeling that we talked about this. We talked about name, image, and likeness and these networks coming out of how that will help disperse talent. And I hope this is a sign that that is going to happen just to jump. That's a pretty big jump. And this is the first year that they've really had that network in full force. So I am hoping that I'm correct in saying that all of these conference networks will help start to spread things out a little bit because guys will know that they can go to some of these other schools and still get the same exposure or at least close that they otherwise would have. I mean, certainly the network is not tied to this year's draft class, obviously, but I think your point is totally valid that the ACC as a whole, though, right? But like every time you get a network four or five years from then, when that class starts to graduate, those three or four classes start to graduate, you, you have more money to spend on your facilities, you have more exposure for recruits. I mean, these conference networks are a huge boon. Um, so I don't think and Clemson only had like five players, I think, drafted. So it was interesting with that one. I, I noticed sort of the and, and I'll read you all the teams here, but I, I Georgia was tied for second with Notre Dame, I guess tied for third technically with mm-hmm. nine players drafted. Yep. Florida was tied with Michigan uh, with eight players drafted. LSU had seven players drafted all by themselves. And this is the one that stood out to me the most because it was more players than Clemson. The Kentucky Wildcats had six players drafted and were fifth in the SEC ahead of, by the way, Mizzou had five players drafted. Mm-hmm. Kentucky and Missouri were ahead of Auburn, with four, Texas A&M with four, uh, Tennessee with two, Arkansas with one, South Carolina with four, Ole Miss and Mississippi State both had two, and Vanderbilt had one. But again, Kentucky having two more players drafted than Auburn, A&M, South Carolina, more than Clemson, just a huge credit to Mark Stoops and the job he's doing, developing guys into, into NFL players. Yeah, it is really impressive, and I think that will probably be pretty indicative of the way Kentucky's headed like we talked about they have a very strong core group of players and guys that they've developed and that have you know stayed till their upperclassmen and and created a culture of leadership and then also just stability for that entire program I was trying to remember or quickly look up what positions those six guys were do you remember with the I know linemen so uh, Davis was the first round pick at linebacker Kelvin Joseph was a secondary player he was drafted. He's a DB, obviously, drafted in the second round. Um, he had a defensive tackle, Quentin Bohanna, go in the sixth round. 
Uh, Brandon Eccles, a corner, goes in the sixth round. Landon Young, offensive tackle, goes in the sixth round. Phil Hoskins uh, went in the defensive tackle went in the sixth round. So no, no surprise that a lot of no. defensive, a lot of defensive players and an offensive lineman. <laughs> yep. That's, that's, I mean, that pretty much speaks to Kentucky. That's yeah. very indicative of what we see out of Kentucky strong on the line, good at defense yeah. um, and big, a lot of them. So yes, size very. definitely yes, very, matters. <laughs> very, oh, whoa. Phrasing. All right. That is exactly. And literally what she said. Um, I, oh, well. Let's see, quarterback, Mac Jones went 15, of course. Um, we'll get to Alabama in the first round. Mac, Mac Jones went 15. Kyle Trask went to Tampa at the end of the second round to sit behind Brady, which I don't – and gets coached by Bruce Arians with that defense. I don't think Kyle Trask could have possibly landed at a better spot nope. than what he did. He, he And, oh, by the way, he looks like the most Florida human being ever. He is an <laughs> ugly version of Tim Tebow, and so he belongs Brayden. in Tampa Bay. Braden. Sorry. Tim Tebow, I guess, is handsome. Kyle Trask, sorry, I don't know what that facial hair is doing on your face there, buddy. I just, I just don't know. Also, he's like a very, very nice and poised know, young man. I know. Like, you remember you said after you talked about Jim Cheney that you weren't going to hate on people for their looks or their weight. Well, what happened to that? I'm not hating. That was he just like looks a... like Florida man, and now he's going to go to Tampa. And I hate the Buccaneers, and I hate Tom Brady, and he's going to get coached by Bruce Arians. Like I think. Kyle Trask has ended up in a great spot. It's great for him. Kellen Mond, who, by the way, went. In Wait, the no, I want to go back to Kyle Trask just okay, for a second. Fine. Because not you talking bad about him is he's the ultimate. I bet he is absolutely stoked because talk about somebody who's learned the value of sitting back, waiting yeah. <laughs> their turn and learning from the best. And now you get to do it yeah, yeah. from Tom Brady. I bet he's going to soak up every single ounce of knowledge that he can. His ego is exactly where it needs to be for someone who's going to be like long-term successful. And I think that's a fit for a lot of reasons, but especially that one. I, listen, I joke about him being an ugly version of Tim Tebow who looks like the most floored human ever. Now you feel ever. bad. <laughs> I don't feel bad for saying all of that because it's true. But I am. I do think he landed in a fantastic spot, and I do think it benefits him exactly all the reasons you just said. So I think that's going to be cool. Mac Jones in New England. I, you know, I had questions about his physical ability, but if Bill Belichick's going to draft you in the first round, then then you probably got something going for you. Um, and and so that'll be fascinating. Kellen Mond was the, I think like the, the, the second pick or something like that in the third round, 66 overall, he went two picks after Kyle Trask to the Minnesota Vikings. And while I love his, his game in college and watching him develop, I just don't know if he's got NFL accuracy and consistency. I know he's got the, the athletic ability to play on the next level. I just don't know about that if I'm Minnesota, but again, Kellen Mond, a, a nice piece there quickly sec 12 players in the first round, big 10 had seven, ACC six, Alabama six, all of them, I believe, on offense. If I would have told you 10 years ago that Alabama was going to have six first round picks, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, all of them were offensive pieces. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, Alex wait, Leatherwood. When oh, no, did wait. Patrick Sertan go? No, Patrick Sertan. You're right. You're right. Sorry. One defensive player. You're right. It is, it was really fun to watch all of them. And I, that's my favorite part is just like watching them take the stage. And it's funny to watch just the difference in attitude. Like some are like so cool. You can tell that that's like the coolest they've ever felt shades on bling, super, super extensive suit. And although they all look nice, Patrick Sertan, I loved it. Cause he came out and him, they all look sharp as hell, but he comes out and he just like cracks the biiggest smile and like 
holds on to Roger Goodell a lot longer. And it was just <laughs> fun because you can tell like how you can just tell sometimes when guys are trying to be too cool and when guys just let their emotions go. And I love to watch that. And Patrick Sertan definitely wore it on it. his face. But yes, you, to your point, th- th- we would not we would have someone would have thought you were crazy if you had said that, you know, years ago. Yeah. And Sertan, of course, his father played in the NFL for for years. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know. Just like a couple of wide receivers. And, and oh, by the way, which brings up the LSU Bama game from 2019, you know, the, the Burrow to a game. There have now been 16 first round draft picks out of that one game. Think wow. of the, think of the wide receivers that were in that or in that game. Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Devonte Smith, Jerry Judy, Terrace Marshall, Jeez. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. <laughs> God, it's like when you say it like that, oh it's my like, God. it makes sense. But I just, you just don't realize how many people are really in that until you just read them back to back. Those are just the wide receivers. And that's not to mention, again, Burrow went number one overall. Tua got drafted, right? Like all the other players for, for Bama this year in LSU. Derek Stingley, there's going to be more next year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a couple more next year. You, you could be looking at a game with 20 first round picks on the field yeah. at the same time. You that's said there was 19. There's 16 already. Okay, yeah, you're probably right, about 20. I, I would guess maybe two or three more from that game specifically. That's so insane. It, that is like 20 first-round draft picks in one football game. And, man, <laughs> it's, it was about the closest LSU came to losing that year, right? Yeah, that was – I mean, they didn't we, – we thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, recruiting, speaking of, uh, seven five-stars in the first round, ten four-stars – 14 three stars, one two star. Again, if you understand math, there are only 35 stars and there are 3,000. Oh, here he goes. Stars every year. Don't get Braden started on the star, so, the lack of star math ability of the general star math ability. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the math is it's about one in four. If you're a five star recruit, you've got a one in four chance of being drafted in the first round. If you're a three star recruit, you have less than half a percent chance mm-hmm. of being drafted in the first round. And that's how fractions work, folks. <laughs> Big star math guy. <laughs> Big star math guy. Um, here's another one real quickly before we get to uh, Jawan Williams. Uh, quarterbacks for 2022, Dugan. Yep. SEC opportunity. Maybe not first round guys, but but could work their way up the board. JT Daniels at Georgia. I was going to let, I figured you'd talk about him first because you love to talk about JT Daniels. Matt Corral at Ole Miss is going to mm-hmm. move up boards if he plays really well. Bo Nix, if he is the starter has a chance to be draft eligible next year. So there's there's even without – and Bryce Young, of course, Emory Jones at Florida could develop into a really nice player. Like there's some nice SEC quarterbacks already on draft boards for next year already. Is there anyone that you didn't name coming up? You're better you're, – like you're you're the one that knows every single person in the entire – No, I think – roster. Daniels, Corral, and Knicks are the three sort of most established – Ken Seals will be a sophomore and Bryce Young will be a sophomore. So they're not eligible. Right. That'll Um, be later. Emory Jones, I think at Florida is the one that I think that could break out into a star and and sort of of become that guy. Um, Not sure about anybody at Tennessee, you know, South Carolina and Mississippi state both had freshmen last year. So I I think it's LSU, no clue what to expect at LSU or A&M. But it's, it's, there's some really good battles and some really talented, you know, again, Matt Corral, JT Daniels. Those are, those are two really, really talented kids. Uh, Not a lot of star power in the sec as far as draft eligible quarterbacks next year, but some interesting names to keep an eye on. So just throwing it out there. 
So let me ask you one question, jumping back a little bit. When you're talking about Kellen Mond and, you know, his lack of accuracy and how that's going to translate into, you know, his playing ability in the NFL, what all really needs to happen for him? Is it really just reps, like nailing down? Because the margin of error gets even closer in the NFL at the, the speed and athleticism of guys. So what really has to happen? And like, what do you know what that looks like? That's a great it's kind question. Of a hard question. It's a great but. question because I think a- accuracy, like the window, like you said, the windows just get a little smaller. The windows in the SEC are already s- small enough, but they get even yeah. smaller in the NFL. And and his biggest issue now, he did not have receivers. Now he's got receivers at, at, at Minnesota in Minnesota, right? So there there's some dudes at Minnesota catching passes. So that's going to help him. And that was sort of the big question was, well, the offensive line at A and M and the receivers at A and M weren't great at times. Offensive line was much better this past year. He showed progress every year, which is critical. And for I like sure. that. I like that. But he never showed like he fumbled the ball a little a little too much for my taste, a little loose with the football, didn't throw a ton of picks, but just the accuracy down the field and the consistency down the field. I just don't know if he's got it at the NFL level. You know, maybe we just never saw enough of it at AM to say whether or not he does or does not have that. I, I don't know. We know Kyle Trask can throw the ball on a dime 35 yards right. downfield into a bucket. We know that. Mm-hmm. We just don't know that about Kellen Mond, I guess. I guess that would be my question is down the field accuracy consistently from the pocket. Can you do that? We know he can get out and run around and make plays. All right. What else we got? Yeah, Good story. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's about it. I mean, just big ups to Kentucky and Missouri for developing draft talent and uh way to go, Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> Two dudes from Tennessee. Two dudes. All right. That's about it. Listen, Juwan Williams is such a good guest and such a good get by you to get him on the show. And uh, he just talks so well about all the different things that a player is going through right now, getting into the draft, the draft process, getting right to work for an NFL team, his, his message for recruits that are coming out right now. He's got all kinds of great stuff. Um, what he wants to do with his career post football. The guy's just got a great head on his shoulders and uh, was a ton of fun to talk to. So without any more conversation from the two of us, here was our conversation with, former Vanderbilt Commodore and second round draft pick of the New England Patriots, Jawan Williams. Jawan, man, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We appreciate your time, dude. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate you having me. So we've got a lot to discuss with you today. And I want to start, though, by you trying to explain to SEC football fans what exactly... All of these young athletes, 65 of them who just got drafted in the SEC into the NFL over the weekend. Just can you try to put into words what that experience is like and what those guys are going through right now? Uh, Well, first, just the day of uh, each pick, even though it feels I mean, even though you see on TV each pick, everybody gets like 10 minutes to pick. uh, It feels like it feels like an hour. So, I mean, just waiting on just waiting on your name to be called each pick is kind of draining like and especially if you especially if you're told you're going to go here and then when that time comes and you're not going there each pick it just feels like an eternity that's kind of the biggest thing so when you you kind of see you kind of see all the the drama on ESPN oh this guy slipping and stuff like that uh I mean you I I, I could feel for the guys I could feel for the guys just because I understand how hard they worked what they're feeling, what they're feeling like at that time. So it's probably it's probably a really tough time for them at that moment. But uh, once you get picked, 
all that goes out the window. So um, pretty much all that goes out the window. I feel like because really once you get there, uh, it doesn't matter what draft pick you are. It just matters what you do. And it's all about earning it in the NFL. I mean, um, you can get picked based off potential or based off, you know, your college production. Uh, but once you really get to the NFL, it's all about earning it. And they'll realize that very quickly. But as of right now, I feel like, I mean, most of those guys are excited. Uh, they got, I mean, the guys that got picked are excited, ready to go. I mean, and then the guys that didn't get picked are, you know, just hungry, looking for opportunity um, and just ready to get get on a team and sign somewhere to get the work. Um, and that's pretty much I feel like where these where these guys are standing at right now. Doing that whole period, doing that whole process, man, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking until you get picked. Juwan, just to kind of set the tone for everybody, I was going to do this at the end, but I think it makes sense here with you talking about like how long just those minutes on waiting to get that call really feel. But explain, and this is true of you, and we've you know spent a lot of time together at Vanderbilt um, when you were a student athlete there, and so I know a lot about your story, but can you explain the difference between wanting to make it and feeling like you have to make it and how much pressure that puts on draft day? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it from I look at it from I mean how I how I came up and it was just like always felt like always felt like I had to make the lead. I mean, because this is my this is my main goal since I was five years old, and I put that pressure on myself. And I mean, and then you some guys are some guys are in positions where they got to take care of their families, and that's kind of how I was. And so, I mean, literally waiting for every pick, every pick you losing money. I mean, every guy that gets picked before you is making more money. <laughs> and I mean, even, even then it's just like, it's not even really about the money. It's just about you were just ready to, you ready to just hear your name called and hear that dream come true. And so I felt like, I mean, for me, I put so much pressure on myself since I was a kid that, you know, it got to the point, it got to the point every, I mean, I, I remember the late first round, I mean, my, I was projected to go late first round, early second round. And uh, the late first round came by with picks 20 to 32. And I didn't hear my name called the first night. And, I mean, I was I was tore up. I mean, immediately was in my car and I was hurt. And even when we got to the second day and I was the – I think I was the 13th pick in the second round. But literally those 12, those 12 picks before felt like an eternity. I mean, it was just because – they, these guys work so hard. These guys have a dream, and we we grow up and we grow up and we see we see our the let well the 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 people we deem legendaries and and stuff like that. Like I grew up watching Chris Johnson, Eddie George. I mean Vince Young, Steve McNair, big Titans guy, and I always wanted to be like them. Uh, and uh, I I always had. I mean even going back to watching just Eric Dickerson highlights, I always wanted to be just in the league doing my thing, balling. And kind of that was that next that was that next step. The draft is the next step getting to there. So it was just it was just very nerve wracking. If you feel like I mean, definitely if you feel like you gotta you gotta make it. And that's kind of the position that I was in. And so it makes it it makes it even worse when you don't hear your name called. And I can't imagine even though I was an early second round, I can't imagine, you know, going undrafted or not making a team or not even getting signed at the end of the day. Lord's willing, I did. But um, at the end of the day, um, it's just getting that opportunity. That's really all we want is that opportunity. Those guys that really feel like they need it, they just need that opportunity. Whether it's an unsigned uh, free agent, uh, whether I mean undrafted free agent, or whether you're a first-round pick. I mean, if you in your heart, if you feel really feel like you need this, 
it's going to hurt no matter what pick, I mean, no matter what person goes before you. Because, I mean, you feel like you need this and you feel like you need to be in this position. So uh, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Did, did you sleep that Thursday night? Did you get any, uh, did you get any sleep at all? After the first yeah, round and, and you no, don't get, and no, you don't get I, picked, so did I, you sleep at all? So No, so, um, yeah, after the first round, I was pretty, I was pretty tore up. But um, I was pretty tore up. But my, I mean, uh, I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I think my, I think my agent told me to to not worry about it because the next day will be like the best day of your life. Just hearing your name getting picked. And I mean, it turned out it, it was in terms of did I sleep that night? I remember, I remember waking up for the first day of the draft and being very excited. But then the second day, I was just kind of, I was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous uh, because now I was invited to the green room for the second day. And uh, I just wanted, I didn't want to be in the green room and not get picked. So I was just, just a little <laughs> bit nervous. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I felt that second day going into it. Well, and for everybody listening, the, the draft happened in your home city, not only your home city, but also where you played college. So it happens in, in Nashville. This whole thing happens in Nashville. So you've got, I'm assuming friends and family are very close uh, for the experience. And f- first of all, what, what did, uh, did Belichick call you? And what did he say if he did when, uh, when you answered the call? Uh, so that day, just taking, kind of taking me through that to that moment. I just remember I was very nervous. Uh, literally picks are going by and I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm thinking each team, I'm like, oh, I talked to these guys. Uh, hopefully they pick me. And you're just kind of waiting on your phone. And I just remember uh, to trying to calm my nerves down. My, my little niece was, my little niece was going crazy uh, next to me. She, was, she kept, she kept trying to go to the bath, asking to go to the bathroom. And like, I just felt like, I just felt like all eyes were kind of on me. So I was playing, I was playing a video game with my phone. I was just like, I need to get my mind off of this. And um, I just remember, like, the phone just rung uh, and said a Foxborough number. And I didn't even think about, like, who was in. I just saw my phone ring, and I was like, I hit this somebody somebody calling. Um, I didn't even think about the Patriots when it said Foxborough. Uh, <laughs> so I just – I immediately just picked it up. And then there was a guy um, – there was a guy on the line. I forgot his name, but he was a um, – It's Kraft, wasn't it? it was, no, so it wasn't – it wasn't initially Kraft. Okay. Uh, so he was like uh, – he was like, yeah um, – yeah, we're about to trade up right now. We're on the, uh, we're not on the clock, but we're about to trade up right now, uh, and we're about to pick you. Once the trade goes in, I'm gonna give the phone, uh, I'm gonna give the phone a uh, Bill and Robert Kraft, and I'm just sitting there like, yes, like I was just sitting there like, yes, like do that, and, um, <laughs> and then, with your head in I, your hands, like yeah, face down. And, and so um, they were, they, uh, I kind of, I saw. Well, I didn't see it on the TV because they still were picking like. 10 picks or so later but then the trade went in on their side and it was like all right we're we good we got it in uh here's here's robert Kraft. then robert i'm talking robert Kraft, and then that's when the ticker <laughs> that's when the ticker showed on uh espn that the patriots are traded up and their pick is in and their pick waiting to be picked and stuff so uh before it's announced on tv i'm talking to robert Kraft. i'm kind of just in my in my in my soul, I'm just like, so it's like so exciting. And I was just so relieved um, at that point. I mean, just Robert Kraft was talking to me. He was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember too much of the conversation because I was too <laughs> excited. And, and I know I start, I start crying. I think I start crying when Bill got on the phone. 
but uh y'all 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 know bill he ain't he ain't the type to <laughs> you know but no bill i mean man i'll just like who, who do we draft here who do we draft here this guy's crying on me already what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> no man he was a, he was a good he was a good spirit about it he know he knew it was an emotional day he let me he let me get my emotions out a little bit no it was it was very good spirits about it but yeah not, i mean i just remember just after talking to robert Kraft, he passed on the phone um talked to bill he's like you just got to be ready to get to work i mean that's pretty much that's pretty much what he said i mean when he was like we decided to make you a patriot but you gotta i mean it's time to get to work and i mean i was i was i was hella excited and um and then that pick that pick came in it was funny it was actually funny because dante hightower he's you know uh he got national ties you know he's he's been down in uh on the outskirts of nashville though he's more country um but <laughs> But we had, I mean, same. We had the same trainer in Nashville, and then that's how we became cool before the, uh, before the draft process. Man, and he was he was always in my ear, talking about, yeah, you know, I think, I think we're gonna get you, man. I like the Patriots. They they told me that you were you you know you were a rare gem. You know you you were. He was like, yeah, you, you know, not too many people know about you like that. But I feel like the Patriots gonna Patriots gonna take that chance on you. And I'm like, I'm like, man, hopefully y'all do. Hopefully y'all do. And Dante was actually the one who announced it. He came out like I saw. I saw him the day of the draft. Uh, he was like, "Man, hopefully we get you. I think we're gonna get you." And I was like, "Hope again." I was just like, "Hopefully y'all do." Uh, <laughs> but um, and then he just went out. He went out and uh, announced it. Uh, I remember just. I remember afterwards, after I got on the stage and all that stuff. Just, I mean, giving him a big hug and uh, man, telling, talking to him, going, being ready to go to work, man, and. Uh, but it was it was such a it was just such a great experience, man. That was that was kind of one of the best days of my life. I do remember one thing, and I don't know who it was that said this to you on the phone, but we we're all sitting right there. And one of the things that whoever I don't know if it was Kraft or the first guy you talked to said, "Now we don't do this very often." Made sure oh, you yeah. knew that, that they Kraft. do not trade yeah. up very often. He's yeah. like, "Just so you know, this isn't a <laughs> yeah, thing for Kraft. us." Yeah, Kraft told me that. Um, Kraft told me, yeah, you know, we don't trade up to, we really don't trade up to get guys unless we believe in them. And that was kind of one of the biggest things for me. I mean, especially going into now, going into my third year, is just to get, um, you know, just I'm appreciative that they, they still believed in me, you know. And um, I still, I mean, I still feel the love to this day, even though those first two years, I mean, been some grind, grinding years but some some growing and learning how to be a professional but i mean at the end of the day i still feel like they believe in me and that's kind of the that's kind of the biggest things i i mean i i love this organization i love being here yeah so i remember i do remember him telling me that and uh it, it still it still hits me it still hits me to this day and it makes me just you know uh going into year three just working even harder uh just because i know that they believe in me they still do believe in me and it's gotta it's got short on field and you gotta go earn it out on the field so after you're drafted, you're obviously in Nashville, you get to celebrate, you have the phone call, you get the family time. As soon as all the, the adrenaline comes down and you got to go get to work now, right? This is what Bill says, go get to work. Explain to people what that process is like, like packing up, leaving home, going to like rookie camp and how, what's the turnaround like? Like how, what, what is that whole process like for all these oh, guys yeah, that so are about to do it right now? Oh, it was really, literally the next day, man. Uh, for us, this is pre-COVID, so it's it's different now. It's it's been a, it's been a little different now. The rookies haven't been in or anything yet due to COVID issues. But for us, pretty much the last draft before everything went to hell. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a 
it was immediate. So we, I mean, after we get drafted, celebrate with the family and stuff. Uh, I remember literally running back into my college dorm, seeing all my guys. We were, they were all, I ran to, I immediately ran to uh, some of my teammates' rooms and they were watching the draft and I just bust in the dough and we all celebrated. Uh, me, Zaire, Kalaja, um, uh, Eli, um, Elijah Hamilton. Um, we were just all celebrating in the dorm room. Uh, had my suit on and everything. People were coming out, coming out the dorms to congratulate me and stuff like that. And uh, immediately we just, I mean, we, we had a little celebration that night, but uh, immediately I had a flight at 6 a.m. And, <laughs> and so I woke up, uh, I woke up and I, it was, it was, it was tough getting up, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I woke up and immediately that's when the work began, man. You get up here and you get everything. I mean, you start to get situated, everything. you got to meet with all the people. The Patriots place a lot on the rookies. They, I mean, you come in and, they give you a, the first thing to do is give you a sheet uh, of all the people. Uh, they expect you to memorize them. They expect you to know who everybody is in the building, from the from the head person to the janitor, um, and treat them with treat them with nothing but respect. I mean, um, come in and I mean, come in and work. So I mean, there's just there's just so much you immediately is just go like it's time to it's time to work. So I mean, that's they weren't they really weren't kidding. Uh, when they said that, so I, I literally didn't really even get time to sleep in. So, uh, I was up, I was up from that. I mean, probably went to sleep at like two, three o'clock in the morning and then woke up at five o'clock to go get my, to go hop on a flight over to, over to Foxborough. So, um, that's how quick it was, man. Fringe Element is brought to you by... Jasper's, your local sports watering hole with a parking lot. <laughs> you did you did put a little Vanderbilt British stank on that one, but not as much I as did. usual. I know, I didn't know what I was going to say. Yeah, it's okay. Go to Jasper's, they've got a parking lot. A good one. Their, good. Food, is, their food is excellent, <laughs> by the way, too. Really good, and new menu items that you mentioned. We were there the other day for the the night of the draft on Thursday, but we we're kind of all running and scurrying around and I didn't get to try any of the new stuff. I'll try it next time though. Cause I'm going to go soon here, here very soon. Cause a lot of good Preds games, a lot of good happy hours during those Preds games. So it's a good mm-hmm. way to go, good reason to go to Jasper's. During okay. Well tell game. me when you want to go and we can act like our friends for like an hour. Okay. Maybe like a, maybe like a Friday afternoon type deal. This Friday happy hour, like four to six, you know, that's when they are. Maybe. Yeah. 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 That could work. Would you like to give away our mother's day gift basket? I'm going to let you do it, actually. But you do want to give it away, though. Is your Yeah, yeah. We should definitely give it okay. away. I was okay. going to let you do the honors, though. Okay. Our winner, who submitted a photo of his, of his mom basically doing, like, 80s rock star face, who's, who's a listener of the show, and we do appreciate it, Kyle Humphreys, who's also a former Navy military veteran as well. So he's cert- thank you for listening. Thank you for submitting a photo and participating. And thank you for your service, Kyle Humphreys, mm-hmm. winner, Hopefully your mom doesn't listen to Fringe Element because we're going to give your mom a gift basket from Jasper's. And now it won't be a surprise if she does listen. But if she does, we are appreciative. She will love it. Still an awesome gift. It's a great gift. Would you please help me decide what I'm going to get for any of my mothers? All the moms in my life. I have three of them and I don't have a single gift. And we're recording this two or three days before Mother's Day. We could go shopping. Do you need my help? I don't don't like the idea of that. That's Mm. That's a terrifying thought. Is it because of spending any extra time with me? Is that what was scary about it? Or is it just shopping in general? Um, I don't okay. go shopping. I go buying. 
Like I know what I want when I go into the store and I buy it and then I walk out of the store. I think I wanna... you should get Haley like some kind of spa package. That's what I would want. Like get her a massage and like a facial. Okay. Cause y'all have been like, have, you know, y'all got little kids, small kids, small daughters. Yeah. They're not probably sleeping needs, either. They're not sleeping right now. And oh, she could probably use a little facial massage spa day action. I think you should do that. Can, can Jasper's put some melatonin in their sweet potato fries? And then I could just like serve those to my children and maybe that'll put them to bed. I think at this point you're going to have to try something, anything. Jasper's putting your kids to bed with all natural vitamins. <laughs> Sorry, Jaspers. They really, yeah, we need help. Kyle Humphreys is our winner for the Mother's Day gift basket. Thank you to all of you who participated and submitted a photo of your mom acting like a crazy sports fan. Kyle, thank you for listening. Again, thank you for participating. And of course, thank you for your service, former military veteran uh, of the Navy. So we do appreciate that. Jaspers, of course, thank you for participating as well and contributing this wonderful, amazing gift basket that Aaron, you sort of your idea and you and Jasper's folks put it all together. So great stuff by you guys. And uh, so go fun. go to Jasper's. Uh, free parking, great food, great place to watch the game, great atmosphere. And maybe you even might see Aaron Dugan there. You never know. Or you or us together. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we would actually, never mind. I kind of lost my train of thought there. Go to Jasper's, everybody. <laughs> Juwan, you had a pretty special day this past Saturday. You actually walked at Vanderbilt graduation, which is something that you promised not only to yourself, but to your mom, maybe to your mom and Corey Phillips and Mason before you <laughs> promised it to yourself. But I knew you were at least keeping the promise to your mom. Um, talk yeah. a little bit about that and what that felt like and how that was important to you. Um, always yeah. part of your plan. Man, it was it was a blessing. I mean, because for coming in for me, I, I mean, I, I always wanted to go three. Like my biggest goal was to, to one was to go into the NFL. That's always been my that's always been my biggest goal. But my mom, you know, growing up, prioritized education and uh, instilled that in me uh, to make sure no matter what you go and get that degree. And I mean, even Coach Mason, my from Coach Mason to my uncles, to my granny, to uh, C. Phil. I mean, all those guys were really, really pushed me on, you know, well, we want you to chase, we want you to chase your dream of the NFL, but we also want you to get this education. Um, and so just growing up and having those people to push me, uh, to push me there was, I mean, I, I want, I, I needed, to, I felt like I, you know, I needed to come back and um, needed to come back and finish that, finish what I started there. And so um, it was a blessing, man. It was it was such a great experience. Uh, it was such a blessing walking across the stage. It was just a blessing. Well, getting my degree last year, uh, I haven't been able to officially walk, but um, until until a couple of days ago. But man, just just getting that, man, it was just it was definitely a blessing. Definitely, a, it was a big it was a big goal accomplished. It's a big dream to accomplish, and I was I was just just tried to make my family proud. That's kind of that's kind of the biggest thing for me. You you had a lot of offers for other schools that we would call quote unquote bigger football schools. Let's call them in a in a loose way than maybe Vanderbilt is, but it means so much to you, hometown, family, all that stuff. What advice would you tell a sixteen year old right now going through the recruiting process mm -hmm. and sort of weighing out all the things that they've got to think through? Because you certainly had your priorities and, and that might be different than somebody else's priorities, but what would your advice be to a 16 year old right now going through that process now that you've graduated and yeah. made it to the league? 
Uh, my biggest thing would be my biggest thing would be try to to try to find um, my biggest thing would be try to find a coaching staff, a team uh, that's going to be invested in you uh, too, as much as because when when you agree to come to a school, I mean you're in, I mean you're hoping that that school will give everything they can for you also. I mean, it's it might not be always the 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 lights and sounds. I was committed to. I mean, basically, I was going to LSU before I decided to go to Vandy at the last minute. Man, just you gotta find you gotta make sure that you find a school that's that's willing to invest in you. Because uh, I feel like I, I now feel like I mean, if I was in anywhere else, I mean, it could have been a whole different outcome. I could have moved positions, or I could have. I mean, a lot of people were a lot of people were like, yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't like you at corner. We feel like you're a safety. And all of this stuff, like, what if I went to another school and got got changed? I mean, like Coach Mason uh, in that process was like, you're a corner. I'm going to make sure you work as a corner. I'm going to make sure I, I mean, I'm going to make sure I get you to where you want to be. I believe in you. Uh, if you commit here, you know, I believe in you as much as you believe in this organization. And I'm going to make sure all of that pays off. And um, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. He just, I mean, pretty much was just and all the I mean. These coaches, they 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 give. I mean, of course, it's all recruiting. They give you the they give you the <laughs> recruiting pitch, come here and all those stuff. But and once you get there, it's kind of a different story. But uh, it was a blessing, man. I, I made. I feel like I really made the right decision because I mean, even at Vandy, even at Vandy, it was. I mean, I had some had some long nights, man, and it was some 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 tough shit. Uh, sorry, I, I cuss. On, I don't know if I can. Cuss you, can you can you can say whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, that's smooth. Oh, this is smooth <laughs> podcast. I was. I was trying to censor myself. Uh, Don't do that. uh, 2021, (laughs) man. (laughs) But um, no, man, you just got to hopefully, I I mean, I hope every kid makes the right decision, uh, but you really got to find, you really got to find that school that you believe that will invest as like as much as they can into you also. Uh, Not only, not only as an athlete, but as a man. And um, I look at Vandy and the opportunities that that the football program was gave uh, is giving me from all the internships that I was doing over the summer, finding finding my niche. I learned that I hate corporate America. Um, I can't sit in a <laughs> I can't sit in a in a in a in a suit and tie in a cubicle all day. I need to move. I need to interact with people. I can't. But I mean, I would never known. I would never known if it weren't for you know the opportunities that presented itself at Vanderbilt. I have to get back. I don't hate corporate America. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't want to work. I just don't want to work in the cubicle. Uh, I'm not. I'm trying to make sure I still got some job opportunities after my career is <laughs> over. With. They're gonna bring up this podcast and find and say, "Oh, well, your application is done for." Well, but, we'll, um, we'll save it really quick because switching gears a little bit. This kind of goes along with you maybe hating or not hating corporate America, but you do have something that you're looking potentially looking to do in the future which is you've talked a lot about wanting to teach kids about financial literacy who don't come from situations where money is readily available you are seriously and i can say this because we're friends but you are one of the cheapest people i don't know if you still are but i have <laughs> ever met oh, I'm still Ill. he's so still cheap Ill. like he'd come back into <laughs> vanderbilt after getting drafted like like drafted to the former oh. their most recent champions in the nfl and i'm like What's in your pockets, Juwan? They're like stuffed cr- full of Uncrustables from the team room. I'm like, gonna, are you dead ass serious right now? This is so cheap. I, I thought you were going to be some friends, man. No, that's hilarious. I was, you know, it's funny. I was literally just talking to my uh, my agent and um, his uh, assistant, Livy, about that um, like a couple days ago, man. I know I'm still cheap. That's one thing. That's one thing about me. I still know where I came from. 
And uh, me is just like that's kind of that's kind of just been instilled in me saving bread, saving money. But yeah, man, I mean, just talking on the financial literacy standpoint, I mean, that's kind of big. That's kind of big for me. I mean, I'm still trying to navigate which what, what avenue I kind of want to take it as. I mean, I know right now I, I want to build I want to build something like a like a through a charitable organization for whether that's whether that's a foundation uh, or partner with a different partner with a different charity. And as of right now, during my planning career uh, that involves, you know, teaching, uh, you know, at risk youth youth about financial literacy, because, I mean, we just don't I mean, I grew up not not knowing any of that. I mean, my, my, my homies grew up not knowing any of that. I mean, and I mean, I felt like that should be teached early on, you know, and it's, that's not the, the education part is not the, 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 the biggest, the biggest factor, but uh, it is a factor. It is a factor that plays into it. Uh, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. And so, I mean, and what it's, it's, it's so easy for, it's so easy for, from where I came from to get just lost in a, uh, lost in a cycle. Cause it's so easy. You don't know. You're just gonna do what you know know normally, and then I mean, it's it's just a it's just a it's just a cycle uh, that you try to that you got to try to break, really. So yeah, I still don't know exactly what I want to do. Still, um, still working on that, uh, working on that part of it. But um, I know even after uh, even after my career is over with, I want to do something that involves you know being with whether that's and I want to be a coach. But I'll, I want to be a coach afterwards, coach ball, but uh, also do uh, want to be on a coaching level where I could, you know, give back to the kids and talk to them, whether that's high school or college level, um, whatever level I'm on. I mean, still talking about financial literacy uh, because, I mean, it's, it's very important. It's, it's very, very important because if you can get if you get trapped in a cycle, I mean, it's hard yeah. to get out. Let's call it uh, thrifty or risk averse like let's, we, we can come up with a, a couple other names instead of cheap like you you know like dugan dugan's just trying I'm not to filtering for him he's, he's just cheap. she's just she's just being herself right now so i man, i'm, nah, I'm, I'm thrifty man. like you man i'm thrifty no nah, I, I feel it man shoot we be i still i still go to little thrift stores pick out get shirts i mean like i'll find little vintage shirts and stuff at thrift stores and uh shit like that i mean it's just like for me, I'm just not the big like spender. I mean, of course, I'm going to my biggest thing is also I mean, my biggest purchases were to were to mainly like take care of my family first. I mean, and that's what that's always been my mindset growing up. I mean, it was like I rather I rather pay if, if I have to make a big purchase. I'd rather be for my mom, my brother, uh, my, my granny, my uncle, rather than me first. I mean, I feel like I feel like for me, like I'll start I'll spoil myself on some stuff uh whenever i really whenever i can really get earn my next contract or uh even after that i mean but it's still gonna be even after that i'm still gonna probably be the same way i'm, I'm the same way now i'm, I'm gonna be the same way forever yeah. man i i feel it <laughs> so life in the sec as a player some of the toughest guys you faced at wide receiver tight end whatever it might have been who were who some of the toughest guys that you just remember like damn like that dude got me and how and how how does that how is that translated to the NFL? Like well, ta- first, talent difference. I ain't gonna ever I ain't gonna ever say that that dude got me. I, I mean, knew you were about to say that's, that. that's first. Uh, you you got I mean you got to understand, especially on that corner position, uh, and as a competitor, like you can't you you can't go in with the mindset of even if you get beat, you can't you just gotta forget it. Like a DB you, ego. 
Yeah, you can't think about it. You can't think about it like that. Like, damn, that dude got me. Because if you think that way, he he probably gonna get you on the next play too. I mean, you got to really forget about it. But I, I mean, I, I I feel like I feel like some of the guys that I feel like some thinking back, like some of the guys that we had, I had great battles with uh, would be. I mean, my sophomore year going against Calvin Ridley, uh, that was that was kind of a that was kind of a great battle. Um, I mean, and I and I held my own. Um, <laughs> Held my own. I I don't remember what I don't remember what the stats were or anything like. That. I know I had that game that the Alabama game. It was it was horrible team wise, but I mean I felt like I had a pretty good game. But I mean I can't even talk about it because that's we just that wasn't a, we lost and that's first. So <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that game. That was tough. But and also I would say uh, Van Jefferson. That was a really fun game uh, going against Florida. Uh, me and Van. Um, I mean. We're 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 we we always been cool uh, since high school. So I mean, on that high school recruiting scene, he was at Ravenwood, and me being in Nashville too. So I mean, we always had history. So uh, us going against each other, um, it was a battle. I, I had a pick. I had a pick. He had a he had a good he had a good little move for a TD. Um, so it was a good little battle, Ben. We talked about it afterwards. But uh, I feel like those two guys were those two guys are definitely some great battles. And how does the talent translate? The, the receiving cores you went up against every single Saturday because the SEC is the best, right? And oh, yeah. Like, how does it it's, how does it prepare you for the NFL level of talent? Like, how do you describe it? Uh, so it's, it's definitely it's definitely a, it's still a jump. I know a lot of people say, I mean, I, I definitely agree that the SEC is definitely the, the next, the closest level to the NFL. But even at even at that point, you still got to you got to make a jump because in the league is it's just completely it's just completely different. It's a different aspect. It's a different ball game. All these guys are the best of the best of their teams. And you might have, you might go against a team that's got one good receiver and the rest of them. I mean, they might be a good receiver as a freshman. I mean, uh, that's a freshman that he just hasn't developed yet. So you really, he's not really making plays on the field like that, but like now everybody's developed. Everybody has their own, everybody's a professional. Everybody has their own niche. Everybody's trained and try to perfect their own techniques. And it's a job now. I mean, every everybody's trying to everybody's working to, you know, provide for their families. So it's it's a it's a lot different than it's a lot different than college. It's a lot tougher, it's a lot faster. Um, there's so much more there's so much more to the game, especially mentally, uh, to this game. I mean, now you're in a position where everybody's bigger, stronger, faster. You might be going against a fourteen year vet and you are you're a rookie or I mean or going into my third year, but I mean, you you're going against guys who've done this for a long time. And so they ain't no scrubs out there. They ain't no they ain't no freshman sophomores just developing <laughs> like that. But so that's kind of the biggest that's kind of the biggest thing. It's really it's really a jump, man. It's really a jump mentally because I mean, you get to a point everybody's everybody's on the same level physically. I mean, but uh mentally it's all about like what do you know? Do you trust your technique? Are you gonna are you gonna get out there and forget anything? Are you gonna get out there and uh, I mean, shit, shit a brick. I mean, are you? I mean, are you? Do you know where you need to be? Are you know your responsibilities? Do you know everybody else's responsibilities? Uh, there's so much that there's so much that goes into it that you just gotta. It takes a it takes a minute it takes a minute to get it for some guys. You just gotta keep grinding through it. Um, but there's definitely a there's definitely a big jump. Like I ain't gonna I ain't ever gonna say like the the SGC is on par with the NFL like no that's it like that's definitely a big jump 
the Patriots have pushed you even further, Juwan. I mean, they obviously had faith in you to do something they had never done and trade up. But now you're you're trying out some different things on on defense, even within the organization. Do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about that? So I mean, it's been it's been cool, man. It's just just learning the whole defense uh, schematically, just playing different positions, uh, playing different positions, learning defense. Rookie year was kind of primarily a corner, kind of just learning, learning that. Uh, second year going in, going into some more safety uh, positions, going against long, uh, going against tight ends on, uh, going against tight ends on third down, and kind of just you know heading into this year, uh, kind of going to be working both of that again, you know, corner and corner and going against tight ends. Um, so it's just learning overall learning the defense, and I've learned so much just by going, just by working at safety last year. That because I've never been, I've never really been in the 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 box like that, really. Uh, the especially the front seven. So it was a lot. It was kind of a lot to learn, especially you in those trenches. Now you better watch your toes. <laughs> stepped on. Uh, but those guys are a lot bigger than the wide receivers on outside on the edge. But um, there's so much you learn defensively that just helps your game. The more you, the more positions that you play, and I kind of just you know, especially this year, just take that on with. Uh, take that on full stride. I mean, I got two years under my belt each year learning a different position and um, just taking that and using that to my advantage when, when it comes on to the field this year. So Belichick sort of invented this a while ago where he'd have like one down lineman and, and seven DBs. Like he's been, he's he'll, he'll throw anything yeah. out yeah, there in a, in a playoff yeah. game and Saban and the offenses in, in college are now off the charts. All the rules are helping the offenses. The game is going that direction. Are, are yeah, we going to like, do you think we're to a point where we're just going to have like positionless defenses where you're just going to have man. like seven or eight dudes that can do everything? Shit. It seemed like it. I mean, cause I look at it, I look at it, I look at it like, this. I mean, you can even, it's a, it's a different, you just playing corner uh, from, from, from the college to the league is very different. Uh, I mean, in the league, in the league, you can you can I mean in college you can be a little bit more physical with them. You can be a little bit more physical with them in the route until the ball's thrown. Um, and I kind of like that. But I mean in the league, they want to. If you see a different, you think about the 2019 Super Bowl. So the Rams are playing the Patriots. So I remember just being on Twitter and watch uh watching it, watching the game and being on Twitter and everybody was talking talking shit just like. Oh, this is the one of the worst Super Bowls ever. There's no points being scored. But for me, it was like, this is great. Like, this is a whole defensive <laughs> game. And so, like, the like I was excited. But for most fans, they want to see touchdowns. They want to see, you know, scores being the long balls thrown and long runs and touchdowns. So, I mean, at the end of the day, let's be real, this is a business too. So they're gonna kind of nudge the rules to be a more offensive favorite. And so, I mean, I look at it at corner, uh, just trying to guard somebody, man. You you got you got five yards to you got five yards to kind of, you know, bump and run with them. But after five yards, you can't touch them at all. Like, don't even don't even try to put your hands on them because you're going to get that flag. They watching. And so uh, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the biggest thing, man. That's that's they want. They kind of want the they want to see they want points. Points are the biggest. That's why that's why offensive. Offensive players get the most marketing uh, money. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's an offensive driven league. But at the same time, you just got to, as a defensive guy, kind of got to just say fuck it and embrace it. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much how it is. You just embrace that. You take that as a challenge, and you keep going. So you haven't had it. Have you had any other candy companies reach out to you about sponsorship? Because everyone from 
every person in the building at Vanderbilt, to me, to your family, to even the ESPN staff on set at draft day, Maria Taylor and that whole crew had candy everywhere. Everybody knows how much you oh, love yeah. candy. So oh, yeah. what no, no sponsorships from them? You need to like you gotta you gotta that's but that's the thing though. I gotta go out there and make some plays, man. I gotta go out there and make some plays. It's gonna come. It's gonna come because you know, Skittles, I'm coming for you next. Um, <laughs> but um no, I, I mean I'm still I still be in contact with Rips. I mean they'll I'll still uh they still hit me up on they still hit me up on IG just seeing how I'm doing and uh, stuff like that. So it's been really that was a really cool partnership with them, man. That was real that was such a blessing. Uh my favorite candy that I still have a relationship with. That's actually really cool, man. Um, but no, nah, man, it's gonna come. It's gonna come. You just gotta keep making plays, man. It's gotta gotta get out there and make plays. But really it's all about is for me, it's just all about right now, just keeping my head down and keep grinding. Um, that's all that all that stuff. All that's all of those, whether it's endorsements or fans or followers or whatever, all that stuff is going to come if I do my job. And so uh, that's kind of my that's kind of been my main focus right now. Well, I, I, Juwan, it's been great talking to you, man. Um, no doubt, you're great. You're a great advocate for Nashville and for Vanderbilt, uh, for the SEC. So keep it up. Uh, and and again thrifty sounds a little better to me so i'd go with I i'd like go it. with like i'm i'm just savvy <laughs> i'm a savvy spender you know what i mean he admitted it he said he was cheap it's fine yeah <laughs> jay, no, thank you. i appreciate y'all man thanks jay thanks for spending so much time with us i appreciate it we'll have to make it down i wanted to come to a game last year Corey and i are going to come down we'll have to make it to one this year um and oh no yeah yeah definitely yeah i hope hopefully they have fans this year i think that they said they will um, so it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a live year, man. Y'all definitely got to make it down. So I definitely, and I definitely, we'll definitely have a great time, man. So uh, awesome. I appreciate y'all for even having me on too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's awesome. I'm just going to ride Aaron's coattails. It'll be fine. Take it easy, <laughs> buddy. Good to talk to you, man. Bye, John. I'll, I'll see y'all, man. Peace out. That was Juwan Williams, former SEC Vanderbilt Commodore football player and current New England Patriot, second-round draft pick in 2019. Uh, Aaron, great work getting him on the show. Just incredible insight from him. Uh, I wish I was that polished uh, at talking when I was his age. So, One of my favorite humans. He is about as good as they come, and it's it's hard not to root for him because he is came from humble beginnings and is really doing it, and for the former champs. So, Well, and I can't imagine, like, just the entire process to to feel like you're carrying your family's weight on your shoulders and then to not get drafted in the first round and, and go check out Aaron's work, by the way, a couple of documentaries there on YouTube. We'll link them up in the show notes. Um, but he talks about in, in that there's so much pressure he's putting on himself to run the 40 and then the 40 time doesn't work and he has to come back and he does a better job. And I'm like the whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, first of all, excellent cinematography and production direction by Aaron Dugan. Thanks Brayden. Number two, I was sitting there going, God, the 40 time is so freaking stupid. Like he is such a better player than oh some stupid straight line 40 time number. And it just drives me nuts. So that was such a point of like, that was such a stressful thing for him the whole time, all the way through training, all the way through exos. And I remember at the combine, which by the way, we should talk about this one day, just the brutality of what the combine yeah. really is and how hard it is on those guys. And they change up the schedule on you all the time. You think you're going to run the 40 at 7 a.m. You actually end up running it at 530 a.m., like all this stuff just to keep you off your game. But he came back after that 40 time. And thankfully, he went the route and just put his head down and worked and, and got his, the time he needed at pro day. But 
dang, that was a stressful period. And, and like you said, when you're carrying the weight or financial weight of your family, friends and family on your back at times, it's that's, that makes a straight line 40, even that much more important. And, and so. two, two things, two big things, uh, one funny and, and maybe one a little bit more serious one, one like Belichick buying him a 6am flight. Like, come on, dude, like give a kid Brutal. a break, give a kid a break, let him celebrate. He got like two hours of sleep that night. That's ridiculous. Um, that one, that one made me laugh. And then what's interesting, and I think it's a great perspective by him at such a young age is to say, had I gone to LSU or anywhere else? Cause he had offers from like Oklahoma and a lot of other big schools. If he had gone anywhere else, he might've played a different position and maybe never gotten to the league. Yeah. So even though he's being moved to safety kind of sort of right. in the NFL, that, that's for different reasons, right? That's for a paycheck. I just think it's, it's interesting that he's like, well, maybe I, who knows where I am if I had gone a different route. And I think that's a really good perspective to have. Huge pull that a lot of that had to do not only with the personal relationship him and Derek Mason had, they have a lot of similarities growing up with single moms. They have a lot of things they can bond over. The trust level between those two is, is extremely high. And that's a big thing for Jawan. but also coach Mason was the one known for coaching the big corner, like in Richard Sherman and, and that, and yeah. Jawan saw that. And that was a, a factor. And coach Mason was like, we can do it. You know, most people aren't used to corner looking like Jawan, but, um, part of the pool to come to Vanderbilt as well and his education, which he now has officially has his diploma and walked on yeah. Saturday. So basically, basically crushing life right now. Played a fit, played 15 out of 16 games last year for new England Patriots team. So uh, expect to see more out of him this year on the field and really glad we could catch up with him and give everybody sort of a, I just, we just wanted to give everybody a sense of what exactly these players are going through over the last 10 days. And then sort of this week as well. So uh, great stuff there from Juwan. Couldn't, couldn't be happier for him and rooting, rooting harder for a guy like that. So uh, good on you there, Dukes. Thanks for, thanks for doing that. All right. Thanks to Jaspers as well for sponsoring the show and uh, making sure all this content is free. Go to the parking lot. It's also free. The food is not free, but it is worth the, the dollars. Like it's, it's only, it's not too expensive. It's not a high priced place. It's very approachable, you know, family spot to watch the game, get yourself a beer, some good food and uh, Jasper's. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add about Jasper's? No, I felt like you covered it. We love it. You, we go there you, all the time. I went there twice last week. Yeah. You ordered the sweet potato fries and had like three bites of it. And then Jen with two ends was very upset with you. Oh, I don't like when Jim with two ends is upset with me because she yeah. might be the happiest person on the planet. So that makes me sad. Well, you'll have um, to work that much harder next time. I digested a huge gust of wind before I got there. So I wasn't that hungry. Digested a huge gust of wind. It's from a funny parody video. I'll send it to you later. Okay. It's making fun of girls saying that they don't really eat, which is uh, kind of the joke you just made. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I just, I wasn't cool. making a joke. I, I just, I wasn't making a joke. I was just like sad for the fries, you know, like I, you could have had the rest of them. Uh, all right. Go to Jasper's uh, special. Thanks for them for supporting us and giving us the great mother's day gift basket. Congratulations to Kyle Humphreys for winning that. Uh, and, and thank you. A big thank you to, to Juwan Williams for joining us today. So Aaron, where can people find you on Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan on Twitter, the Aaron Dugan. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall at 440 sports on Twitter and Facebook at 440 media on Instagram. Thank you guys all for listening. Go to Jasper's. This has been Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network. Bye.